Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 236 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, welcome back. You had a couple of weeks off. You visited the world. You took an airplane. You went to Florida. You came back. Uh, in the meantime, I spoke to my wife. We talked about Bigfoot. Uh, many laughs were had, and I'm, uh, I'm officially voting to replace you with her, I've decided. So that's the end of Double Density. Really? Just like that. Just like that. No, no, no discussion beforehand. Just me re- revealing myself um, to you like this. I listened to the episode with my daughter, actually. I was bringing her to an appointment, and we listened together, and we enjoyed it. Was it actual factual? Did she feel like, you know, the, the truths of an 11-year-old were, were brought to the forefront? Yeah, well, for her, grade six is more fresh in her mind than, right. than any of us. She She's in grade, she's going to be in grade nine nine yep this year so yeah it's just a you know a few a few grades back and she had a few good chuckles <laughs> i'm glad to hear that uh, so you're going to disney world let's talk about that quickly i was kind of worried because they've changed the whole system there and the old man screaming at cloud style right now yeah but it worked really well uh, these, uh, so it's called Genie Plus now. You need a degree in rocket science to uh, to work it out. Luckily, I was with a ro- an actual rocket scientist, so right. that that helped. So you but, had problems figuring it out, really? No, not really. Once, once, so once I was there, I don't know if this was the same for you, but before going there, everything seems so complicated with it. But once you're in it, it's actually not too bad. The virtual queues seemed a bit confusing from the outside, but once we figured yeah. out, oh yeah, you just go in, and yeah, I got yeah. both virtual queues. Uh, it allowed me to ride my now favorite ride at Disney World, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. You're right. That is a great ride. It's a great ride. It's not for me. I think I talked about this, but things that spin if I do loops and stuff, that uh, makes me nauseous. Um, but if we're going up and down, I am fine with that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if this is coming through in the recording, but my son is whistling upstairs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear it. So that's okay. the good news. Uh, what is the worst part of Disney World to you about your, your vacation? What is the best part? I just don't like the stress of traveling. If yeah. you look at my heart rate, I might send you a screenshot after of it. But my heart rate while I was there was so much higher than you can tell the day I came back. It just flattens out around right. around 62 BPMs, which is my, my usual resting heart rate is between 62 and 66. And mm-hmm. while I was in Florida, it was between 68 and like 72. Right. So you clearly elevated. Do you think it was more having to figure out the logistics and what to do next all the time? Yeah, although I had a I had a good conversation with uh guest of the show uh, Casey Liss. We had a quick FaceTime call just about a week before I went to Disney mm-hmm. and he gave me some good tips on using uh, Genie Plus and his tips were actually pretty invaluable. Perfect. So you does that invalidate anything I said to you? No, everything. So having you and Casey like guide me through Genie Plus. I'm used to being the person that people come to <laughs> right, when they're yeah. going to you're, Disney. You're in a, weird, a rare vulnerable position here. Yeah, because we had been four times, but they've changed the whole way of doing. Yeah. They did away with what was called fast passes, which were great for people like me that would plan their vacation months in advance, but really crummy for people that would just be, for example, going for a day or locals. Like right? locals, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. But this kind of evens the playing field, and really, we got I we actually went on every ride we wanted to almost by the end of the first day, because yeah. we got a Genie Plus for park hopping on the first day, and we did both Hollywood Studios and you did Magic the two Kingdom. Big ones. Yeah, yeah, and we got most of the rides we wanted. We even got on Rise of the Resistance without paying. So that's one of the ones where 
either you wait in line or you pay extra, which is the cost of the Genie Plus for the whole day. Is just like yeah. it was an extra twenty seven dollars per person if we right. wanted. We did not do that. Although the ride yeah. managed to break down while we were waiting in line, so it was Perfect. a good two hour wait. We still managed to do everything because we got Smuggler's Run done in twenty minutes in the morning. Yeah. So what what did you do uh, inside the Millennium Falcon? I was a pilot piloting up and down. No, that's okay. That's good. What were that's you? Good. Uh, I was the engineer. Oh, okay, we, so uh, we had I, no engineers. Okay, because I think I talked about this uh, when I came back, but. Basically, like there was a three and five year old who were just crying the entire time who were piloting. Yeah. So we clearly just screwed that up. Yeah. Um, that was probably like the worst part of of the Disney um, experience. I mean, what about you? What was the worst part? Getting wet at Disney Springs. It was no, a non park day. We went to Disney Springs to do some shopping and maybe eating something, and we got poured on. I sent you some pictures of the rain that day, yep. and we went out, ventured out once the rain stopped, and then he came back. And my waterproof shoes from Vessi. Uh, did not remain waterproof. But not because of the shoes. The water went in, like, saturated my socks. Yeah, and then made its way down. And made its way down. So luckily the shoes were not soaked. They were just damp, so they dried was a real. That was a real, the calls coming from inside the house kind of vibe right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, in a very weird metaphorical way. (laughs) The call, yeah, it's the wet is coming from inside the socks. So it was was a weird... uh, feeling like i hate being wet when i'm like so it was very uncomfortable but after that totally fine most of the days we didn't get much rain yeah Uh, florida wasn't super weird we had very pleasant lifts we used i was gonna say you're kind of in the bubble more or less right so it's a little bit once you venture out into actual orlando if you did like us go to daytona yeah it's a little bit more florida yeah, yeah, we didn't um, do that. Uh, we just, although previous Disney trips were much more magical in that there was the Magical Express that existed, where you just got off the plane and went on a bus, and your pa- bags were in your room. Not the case anymore. Not the case anymore, unfortunately. Let's talk about some sad news. I think Eman synonymous with the word. If you ask me, synonymous with the word hacking has recently passed. So, um, celebrated hacker Kevin Mitnick um, passed away uh, earlier this month at the age of 59 after battling pancreatic cancer for about a year. Um, growing up, he kind of was like the the biggest name in hacking. Right, went to prison, and uh, his story is very interesting. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate. I just wanted to mark his passing because he definitely um, was a formative figure in my teenage years when I was reading about computer culture and things like that. I remember seeing him on the screensavers on tech TV. So like early oh, 2000s, yeah. just after he got out of prison and he wrote a book and I bought the book and it was great. I would also suggest if you're interested in reading a graphic novel, Ed Piscor about a dozen or 10 or 12 years ago, put out something called WYSIWYG, which is a thinly veiled biography of Kevin Mitnick. Cause the guy's name in the book is Kevin Fenical. But uh, if you read that, there's a little bit of, of truth. There's a little bit of fiction in there, but it's definitely um, worth reading. So, Hey, um, Thanks for teaching me about how hacking can be both good and bad for people. <laughs> a lot of social engineering goes on in hacking more exactly, than yeah. it's it's almost more like cold reading a person. Absolutely. Tying it to Absolutely. the paranormal. Let's talk about the future now, Angela. Let's talk about all of the rage right now, right? To the Writers are on strike in Hollywood. The actors are on strike in Hollywood. AI is the future, or is it? I find this kind of very interesting. What do you think about these uh, challenging times? I haven't had a chance to talk to you since um, you know the strike has gone wide. I'm kind of interested in your thoughts about this. Well, I'm assuming this is going to start pushing back dates of hotly anticipated movies. 
and TV shows, right? Yeah. So they're actually, um, there's talks of pushing Dune back from November to early 2024. My daughter and I are really looking forward to season two of Loki, one of the better Marvel shows. And I'm wondering if that might get pushed back. It's supposed to premiere in October. And uh, I don't imagine. So it's all been shot and put together, right? In theory. Yeah. So I think it's just more so part of the, the Disney content machine. They'll need to satiate people with something, I think, right? So It's just because the actors are not going to be doing any actual media runs with these things. Yeah. But I, I'm but, hoping by October this is resolved. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, the studio's plan is, of course, to bleed everyone dry until they have to come to the table and beg, and the actors and writers are ready to push back against that, so I respect that. It's just, we're at a real interesting time in terms of pop culture, in terms of, um, you know, the creative brain, the creative expression. Um, I I definitely do think that writers and actors do have a duty to protect themselves from this kind of thing. Um, You know, there is no perfect AI model. There's no perfect... Um, artificial way of creativity or shortcut of creativity, right? So um, I do feel like the human touch, no matter what the the genre or no matter art form, uh, needs to come through anyways. And contrary to popular belief, a lot of actors just make a regular wage. They're... The majority of them, yeah, yeah. absolutely, right? And now, based on the article you sent me, they're dealing with new people in the game like apple and amazon that have so much money that they could just not care about not showing things for a while they were contrasting the the market value of like disney and sony versus amazon and apple and it's millions hundreds of millions versus billions yeah well i mean like a a traditional movie studio that's where they're making the money versus like a conglomerate like amazon they're actually losing money on prime stuff right like citadel did not do well recently and that just tanked and uh, they spent a whole lot of money on that, right? So it's just, it's almost like a gift to themselves for the moment. Yeah, Apple hasn't had any big bombs yet, really, with Apple TV+. Plus. No, but I think they're more conservative in the way that they're spending, right? Yeah. Who knows how uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, the Scorsese film, is going to operate, right? Once it comes out, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes, because that was a huge financial investment. That's uh, an Apple TV like, uh, project? Apple TV Paramount co-production, yeah. And oh, it's, so it's not a Paramount over- Plus. No, it's budgeted over uh, 200 uh, mil. Yeah, Apple's pretty conservative, like you said. They they usually just have... They have a much smaller amount of shows on Apple TV+. And they try to just yeah, I think they're, they're doing this right. They, they're like a boutique, right? They're like an A24 almost. A24, um, of course, is allowed to make movies right now because they've agreed to all of the different guilds' demands. Oh, so it's is it a it's a per studio thing? It's per studio thing, yeah, exactly. So A twenty four has no problem in saying we don't need your likeness in perpetuity. Yeah, so why don't Apple and Amazon do something like that? They don't need they don't, they can deal with they can do whatever the heck they want. Yeah, but I think it sets a precedent in terms of the other studios. Oh, uh, so they have to too. talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think that's that's part of it too. Yeah, based on the article, Bob Iger put his foot in his mouth. Well, I mean, huge surprise there. Yeah. Um, He's supposed to be one of the good CEOs, though. (laughs) Oh, my God. Angela, when I say the word Fortnite, what comes to mind? Danger. Explain. Kids kids hurting each other, becoming violent. Just mass violence. Yeah, just, well, like like rock and roll did in the past, and comic books, (laughs) and the Sony Walkman, it led to the fall of humanity. Right, right. 
uh, listener Trish emailed us all about uh, a recent uh, McLean's I saw this magazine in Canada cover all about Fortnite and the danger it poses to kids. And I think it's been it's been in kind of the ether for the last couple of years, right? It's kind of this idea that has existed that uh, video games are addictive, and, and now the kids have access to mobile phones more than ever. It's How long have we been saying this? Video games were addictive when I was a kid. And you're still a kid in some ways. So you, you know. Very much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talk about your uh, guitar playing and video game pl- watching and playing, right? I'm too, like so. a teenager playing guitar in my basement and then playing yeah. video games. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. I don't know how to curtail this either, right? Because each child is different, each parent is different, each conversation that parents have with kids about consumption is, is vastly different. Too, yeah. Right? So. I, so Fortnite is not a game my kids are into, especially my daughter does not really care about video games that much. She'll play Nintendo. She'll play uh, stuff in terms of online stuff. It's really, that's, so, that's old school. You say Nintendo instead of like the switch. Well, I, love that. I mean the Nintendo tapes she plays are uh, <laughs> Splatoon. She'll play that. She played a bit of animal crossing, which she's not totally right. into games. She plays mostly on her iPad and she's playing a chicken farmer game or some kind on the iPad and Oregon trail. Okay. So she's set up in the historical kind yeah, of way. Yeah, she does that stuff. My Has son she plays right now, at all? No, she hasn't. And now that's free on 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 uh, on Apple devices. It's part of Apple Arcade, which I have a subscription to because oh, of well, there Apple you go. Maybe One. She so, give that a shot. Yeah, well, she played it. She played that on the Switch, I believe. My son too. My son did really well in the game, and he's he's he finished Tears of the Kingdom yesterday. Oh, did he really? Very, good, yeah, good very game. much like throwing it in my face that he finished it. I just have two dungeons done right now. I've only done two of the four temples. I was gonna say you also have different priorities, right? Yeah, I, and the thing is, is I'm not I'm not gonna take the Nintendo away from him. You should play. honestly. You're too good at this. I need to ration out your your hours and give you a job. Yeah, there's and a PlayStation. I'm not playing that much right now. There's nothing. I mean, soon there's gonna be a new From Software game that comes out. Maybe we'll be allowed to talk about it. It has nothing to do with the other game we're not allowed to talk about. It is. Uh, I mean, we've done be, pretty well with, with talking about things we've talked about before. So I'm very proud of us. But yeah, I just want to say that. We've, we've, we've reined that in a fair amount. Yeah, Armored Core is coming out, and you know, Spider-Man later this year. So those are yeah, games yeah. I'll probably get right away. But I usually just, I've just been sticking to PlayStation Plus games, which are fantastic. I, I don't mind playing an old game. Yeah, I agree. I'm currently making my way very slowly through uh, Terranigma, which is on the SNES. Ooh, look it's at okay. you playing old school stuff. I know. Well, it's also easy when you have uh, an Xbox controller and a Mac, so... Yeah, that's uh, something we thought we'd be saying in the 90s. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let us head on over to the paranormal side of things, Angela. Great. If maniacs, zombies, aliens, monsters, and madmen are your line, then try this. Double density. The phone number nightmares are made of. Call 1-900-909-CREEP. Double density. Puts you in touch with the baddest of the bad. And now you can be a double density star. Record your own screaming monster madness. You may be heard by millions of double density fans nationwide. Call now. Under 18, get permission before calling. $2 first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal's Angelo drinks from his Yoshi glass. It's First, actually Luigi. Oh, I apologize. I'm not it's, as cultured as you, clearly. There's Luigi, and on the other side, he's running away from a boo. Oh, I thought the boo was the Yoshi. That's why. Uh, where did you get those glasses, anyways? It was a gift from my sister-in-law to my kids, and uh, you just, I you think co-opted. they're from EB Games. No, we oh, all okay. use them. Okay. 
So it's a, the family. So this is drink. the glass that stays out when you want water. Uh, okay. Like, so, so we the family, have the one glass. No, each person has a glass. My wife doesn't use the Nintendo glasses, but she's not a believer. She's not a uh, big video game person. Okay. Fair enough. Let's talk about weird things tonight, Angelo. And I, I mean this literally. So I sent you an ARS Technica article all about how something in space has been lighting up every 20 minutes. Did you just call them ARS Technica? I did. You it's like Ars, Ars Technica, no? I know. I was trying to get, throw you off guard. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, uh, that's paranormal right there. Let us talk about, yeah, so um, there's a, a weird burst of light out in the cosmos that blinks every 20 minutes. A bit like a pulsar, but they're not quite sure what's going on. It sends out bursts of radio energy. It's been um, doing this since 1988, it said? Correct. So GPM J1839-10 takes 22 minutes between pulses. We have no kind uh, so um, the article states we have no idea what kind of physics or what kind of objects can power that. So it's you know, it's a persistent blinking signal of of a fast radio burst. Very interesting. Almost as old as you. My bones hurt, I'm tired, I want this to be over. And uh, part of the article covers how no one's quite sure how to classify this. Well, because it's nothing they've never seen. Now they're not saying it's aliens or anything, they're just saying it's something different and there may be Many more out there because uh, did you know the universe is big? I choose not to believe that um, way of describing life. I'm very Earth centric, right? So you got to remember that. Yeah, and that everything revolves around the Earth. So here's something that I was thinking about recently, actually, that was that was making me laugh. Is that um, and it's kind of related, but not in terms of like comic books, right? So like Earth is very prominent in a lot of like different comic book universes. Despite us just being a normal like planet, it seems like we're just the uh, the a hotbed of of trans alien um, either uh, problems or, or solutions. Well, it's because based on uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, we're like right in the middle, and we're going to be demolished for a uh, interstellar road. Oh, I see. So, so we're like a literal nexus. Then, in that case, we're literally yeah. as the universe grows bigger and bigger, our x y coordinates are zero zero. I mean, it's because it's where the uh, plucky Avengers are and oh, uh, giving problems to both Thanos and now of Kang. And then the Justice League trying to defend against Darkseid and all these other bozos out there. I'm hoping things go better for the DC Universe now that James Gunn uh, takes, uh, is, is handling it. By the way, I watched Guardians 3 just before going to Disney yeah, you World. mentioned that in the episode. Yeah, I'm very glad I watched it because the person in front of me on the plane was watching it. So I would oh, been, there you go. Yeah. It would have been very hard to avert my vision and not be spoiled. There's some great scenes. And the, I didn't realize they'd be the first F-bomb for a uh, Marvel movie. That's right. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a very mature, well-placed one, too. Mature direction. Um, I don't think the DCU is going to do very well in the short term. Angela Blue Beetle is tracking to open... Uh, next month at uh, 15 to 18 million dollars for the first weekend so that is nothing that's like seventh or eighth place sometimes i uh i was uh i was thinking of renting the flash and then i saw it was 24.99 to rent and i decided not to rent it you ran right out of there yeah that menu. I, like a yeah. flash you can wait i you watched it i wait. watched a different movie brian what did you watch eternally evil aka the blue man not good <laughs> yes. though I so I foisted a movie onto you because we talked about astral projection briefly during Vance Davis in the Gulf Breeze Six, and I thought, hey, I've been on this weird kick of looking up um, movies that were filmed in Montreal, and I found this uh, on YouTube, right? So it's kind of a gray zone because there has been no um, DVD, Blu-ray, digital release 
Um, so it was a VHS rip. And I sent you, unfortunately, a VHS rip that was out of sync. Oh, my um, God. That was the most <laughs> difficult thing. And it just got progressively worse. Yeah. I don't know if you started watching that one. At the beginning, it was I totally did. Fine. I did the first five minutes, and I was like, hey, this looks great. I'm going to send it over. And then, and then so something happened at a certain point. Yeah. I think when they're going and visit her dad at the farm. Yeah, at that point, it, it got cl- weird. Yeah, it got – and it was – First off by just a few seconds, and then it became close to the end, almost a minute off. <laughs> it was yeah. very difficult to watch. I still went through the you whole thing, through Brian. I powered through it, Brian. I astrally projected myself 30 seconds into the future so I could sync it up, and it worked really well. So this is definitely a case of Angela working smarter, uh, harder, not smarter, because I, uh, in realizing this, I found a better rip on YouTube that does not do that. And that's the one that's in the show notes. So if you feel like watching uh, Eternally Evil, aka The Blue Man, then uh, that is that is what you got to do there. My With an Oscar-nominated impre- actress, I, yeah, I, Karen Blackman, yeah, yeah. That's where they spend the big bucks. Usually, it's the same thing in like European productions, like Italian productions. You bring in one um, Hollywood B-lister, and then you you surround them with uh, with a bunch of locals or lesser-known people. Was this actually set in Montreal or just filmed in Montreal? I didn't. I assumed I, it was set in Montreal, just the way that, that there was accents everywhere, right? So Yeah, uh, I put this in the show notes, but I think the most paranormal thing about this was all the English in Montreal. But I guess this was at a time <laughs> when there were no laws against putting English signs up? That is correct. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read the Wikipedia synopsis. A dissatisfied Montreal director of TV commercials is taught to astrally project himself by a mysterious woman played by Karen Black. But soon he finds that he does it against his will when he sleeps. And while he does it, he commits savage acts against those in his life. Not good. No, not good. Um, I, I guess like spoilers for a movie that's like 40 years old at this point almost. Yeah, um, and I recommend not yeah. watching. Although I guess yeah. it was okay. I don't know. It, wasn't th- it was weird. It was, it was better than that British movie we watched. The New Year's one. On oh, Tubi. yeah. It was yeah. much better than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you, you agree with me on that one. Yeah, it was it was more structurally sound. The story was a little bit more interesting. And I mean, like, a little bit more interesting. And um, the concept of astral projection is really um, interesting to me. So I was like, oh, let's just watch this. But a couple of things, like, didn't make sense. And so, once again, spoilers. Uh, from what I understand, when you actually project yourself, I thought it was for a finite amount of time, right? I, get, I think that's the, the gist of it. But in this case, the the bad guys are going to actually project themselves into a body permanently yeah so they're basically possessing them exactly and so i thought that was an interesting twist that i hadn't seen before about astral projection right because what happens the big twist of course is that (sighs) karen black isn't actually karen black but she is the uh has the soul of the elderly couple that started this like astral projection cult and then passed away and so the older man ended up in karen black's body they seemed really creepy. Most people should have realized they were creepy. And the Montreal director, who honestly, I don't know anybody's names in this. No, I think the, they're the not, like Karen Black was like jazz. I think ja- right? I guess then, I could open up IMDb. Ja- but I, I, Janice, I don't feel like, it. like at the end, he signs Janus when he. So, but it's J A N U S, not Janus. 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 So Janus, yeah, is the roman god right of beginnings of gates of transitions of time of duality etc right so there is a little bit there i guess that they're playing on but it doesn't it's not explained properly like a lot of this is not not explained properly how you can actually project um and physically interact i thought astral projection meant that you were kind of um not physically present in the space that you're inhabiting when you astral project right you're just visiting kind of like a like a ghost almost right yeah i thought you would lie down and just kind of leave your body 
Yeah. Sort of like you see at the beginning, right? He's, yeah, yeah, and blue. He's sitting in the in his chair in a, in a on a couch or something. And talk about he's a really crappy dad. He's super mean to his kid. Continually, like the kid starts dropping books and he yells at him instead of like being like, "Yo, what's up? What what do you want to talk about here? If you're in my office, clearly you want to talk about something." Yeah. So I mean, it was a very it's it's just a weird movie. Yeah. Is it? Would you say it's unsettling? A little. Just, yeah. Again, though, keep in mind it was really hard to follow because yeah, of the sinking issue. Uh, which I also and totally the abrupt understand. changes in scenes. I agree. The edits were very weird on that too. Yeah, which made it worse by the fact that it was out of sync. Yeah, um, yeah, because like in this movie, obviously the TV director is going around uh, killing people, his friends and family, like his doctor. Yeah, and it does some weird thing to his chest, like a crazy yeah. heart attack. So I was just very confused about the laws governing astral projection, which clearly are not written down uh, in stone, right? Because these are just ethereal concepts that exist um, amongst us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so my question to you, if you could actually project anywhere in the world right now, where would you want to go? And what would you want to see? I mean, I guess I'd go to, to Hungary and watch the Hungarian Grand Prix tomorrow. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Um, and let us assume translucence, right? So you could actually be on the track if you wanted. Yeah, because you'd be floating over the drivers, distracting them. Yeah, just making faces and yelling shit. It'd be perfect. I think I'd want to go see a 70 millimeter IMAX print of Oppenheimer that actually works because there have been multiple problems in Canada with uh, the Cineplex company. They, uh, they put out a statement yesterday on Friday, um, July 21st, saying that they work with like independent consultants for IMAX. Okay. Um, locations and then like a lot of people on Twitter and on social media in general were just complaining about the movie had to be stopped or the everything was out of focus like there's a lot there that happened um, so a lot of Canadians are very angry about this angry Canadians are, are a bad thing I mean we don't get angry often but when we do it's usually like a righteous kind of anger right yeah we go to Ottawa and stay there for 21 days or whatever <laughs> I can't wait to do that again my friend I'm going to bring the trucks to you uh, where you live so get ready Excellent. for that so we also have some listener mail from Trish. She's asking a paranormal question. I read a book by Adam Schultz. He goes out alone to Canada's north by himself, but has never seen anything. He heard about a creature terrorizing an outpost in Labrador during the early 20th century. He went with a friend to check it out and came up with a theory that it was a wolverine and a moose in the area. Moose weren't introduced till the 1950s, and wolverines are rare in eastern Canada, but not unheard of. There is something, but something was setting off trail cams and not being photographed. The book is called Whisper on the Wind. I have not read this yet. Um... And we were talking about Bigfoot last episode, right? So, you know, the uh, the Wendigo, the yeah. uh, associated uh, monster with that, the Canadian version of a, a Bigfoot. Makes me think of that one guy that said he saw Bigfoot when he was uh, in the gold rush. Whatever oh, his yeah. Was. Yeah, that, yeah uh, that's it. That was in that one book that uh, Stephanie went over to uh, to put in her bibliography. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot, Man or Myth, right? Um, yeah, I, I uh, uh, Wolverines, once again, like... It, it's hard to tell when exactly animals migrate to an area too. Like I've just like, this is totally off topic, but I was looking into this the other night and um, usually the dates established are kind of off a lot of the time. If that would not surprise you at all, I don't think. Well, because they actually have to be seen, but they may have been there longer before that. That's right. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know how we haven't recorded Bigfoot sightings, but they're still there. Of course they are. Just like UFOs. Uh, since we were talking about movies, I actually watched a few horror movies this weekend. Oh, did you hit me with it? So one was that movie there, the, the, the Blue yeah. Man Group. High, high Water, High Water. Did you say Blue Man Group? Yeah. Because uh, I recently watched a movie called Blue Sunshine and I think you'd really like. Oh. I watched The Signal. Okay. 2013 or 2014? It showed up on my Netflix 
things. It was with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Olivia Cook. She's in uh, the new House of Dragons show. She's the queen who that creepy guy looks at her feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it went in a direction I didn't expect. It was fine. And then I watched Escape Room. Oh, how was that? I liked that. I So I thought it was going to be dumb. And that's why I never watched it. But then I saw the sequel was on Netflix. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, they made a sequel. So it can't be that bad. And uh, it was fine. Yeah, because there's there's Escape Room and then Escape Room, like, Tournament, Tournament of Champions. Champions that's called? the new one, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and I, yeah, it's not bad. Not bad at all. I also watched Viral. Yes. Which is a Blumhouse production. Yeah. About a pandemic in 2016. Uh, it seemed pretty, uh, like... On the nose. Pretty close to, yeah, pretty close to what happened in uh, 2020. Except there pretty was cool. no, uh, like, mind-controlling worms. I've just been watching stupid stuff. I watched Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering, which was... Is that one with Christopher Reeve? No, no, no. No, you're thinking of Children of the Damned. Oh, same. No, but there's a, there's actually Karen Black is in that film, too. Oh, so okay. About that for a and then Naomi Watts is one of the main characters in there. Okay. Um, so that was, that was fine. And then I'm planning on watching way more stuff in the next little while. I'm going to Fantasia. I bought a 10-ticket pass. So the other night I saw Larry Fassenden's a world premiere of a movie called Blackout, which is about werewolves. And uh, Larry Fassenden is someone who I find very interesting. He's an independent filmmaker who's been making horror movies for 25 years at this point. And I've seen a bunch of his stuff. I own a bunch of his stuff on Blu-ray. So it was really fun, really different. He was in attendance, and he actually walked the line before the movie and handed out um, really cute like lobby-style cards that are just the poster of the film. Oh. I actually watched Werewolf by Night again yesterday with my daughter. She hadn't seen it yet, so we watched that. I mean, it's an hour, right? It's kind of nice. Yeah, it was fine. And I was trying to remember during it what other recent Werewolf movie I watched. And I couldn't remember. Werewolves Within. Did, did we not watch Werewolves Within? That, that was a while ago, but it, I realized yeah. it was a um, Black Mirror episode that I watched. Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say a video game or something. I'm kind of curious if anyone else out there is watching any kind of like summertime horrors from summertime sci-fi. What are you watching these days? Let us know. Uh, yeah. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at double underscore density. Angela, what else can they do? They can fill out our forum at doubledensity.net. It's great. Super easy. A lot of people have been right doing that, and you should definitely do more of that, everyone. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and just drop some some content and listen to what you're watching. I'd love to hear what other people are watching to, to find some suggestions. Horror is too. not just for October. It's true. Horror is year-round, my friend. Did I tell you this? I wanted to run for, for like, mayor and make uh, Halloween every uh, 31st or 30th of the month. Oh. Just make it every 31st. It's not every month, right? Yeah, exactly. No, it's got to be every 30 or 31st. So the, the last day of the month has to be Halloween. So New Year's Eve slash, Holly, uh, slash Halloween. Uh, yeah, that would be such an amazing movie mashup idea. Halloween, New Year's Eve, spectacular. I'm in for it. I don't know if anyone else wants to help write the script with me, but I'm in. Maybe I'll pitch it to my wife who does not like horror movies, but would love to write that kind of script. Surprising that she doesn't like horror movies, but I mean, you don't have to like the same things. My wife does not like video games. Does she like you though? Yeah, more or less. That's all that matters then. Yeah. Yeah. Angel, this has been it for episode 236 of the Double Density Podcast. I am thanking everyone for listening, and I'm thanking everyone for listening last week. Everyone's going to listen next week. Thank you so much. And also, if you want us to leave a review, I guess that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, we need more of those. Those are fun to read, especially. Unless they're one-star reviews, which is kind of depressing to read, but whatever. Reviews are good. We'll drink alone, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Angelo, I'm so thankful that you are back. And yeah, um, tune in next episode as you and I go deeper and deeper into trying to discover what is blinging every 22 minutes that is not some kind of nightlight. Angelo, I will see you there. See you then.